Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, and what is up? Welcome in Friday episode of the show. We are on the top of a cockaboose, so if um, if we just disappear, that means the computer has overheated. Um, if audio is messed up, I don't know who to blame for that. I guess it's me. And uh, if we are uh, squinting a lot, is because it is very, very sunny up here. But a great place to come hang out before the game. I don't know if it's a great place right now where we're at to do a podcast. But um, if you're here before the game, you can come out. You can go inside the cockaboose. You can hang out up here, have some drinks. We're at the Market Party Express, brought to you by our good friends at Market on Main. We're going to go uh, go into this game, uh, South Carolina, obviously, versus Charlotte, coming up tomorrow night, right over there at williams Price Stadium. Chris, um, it, it's a much different conversation going into this game than it was, obviously, really any of the first three games of the year. And uh, well, I, I guess, man, I, I don't even know where to start. What What is just your broad thought? going into this as far as uh, what you're expecting here Friday night at Williams Bryce Stadium. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Totally different conversation last week. Just a different vibe going in, knowing, hey, it's going to be a good atmosphere at the beginning of the game. But you know, the conversation kind of centered around what does South Carolina have to do to pull a massive upset? Can they play this and make play this game and make it a competitive game? This week, I think Gamecock fans are expecting a victory against Charlotte which is, you know, an opponent that's not going to have as much speed, skill, depth, size, talent at most spots. Um, And so the conversation, I think, is centered more or less around, okay, this team probably should win, but how is it going to look? And what does that look, whatever it may be, mean for the rest of the season? There'll be two weeks of this, really, when you count this weekend's game, and not to get too far ahead, but the SC State game before South Carolina jumps right back into conference play against a top 10 opponent as of right now. Uh, But to stay just on track with this game, yeah, a lot of conversation around South Carolina's offense, which is so far through three games, tough opponent, sure, has not met expectations for the most part. And then defensively, can a banged up unit hold serve against a Charlotte offense that certainly is good enough to cause you some issues. Yeah, Kentucky, a top 10 team, is yeah. that's just a weird sentence to say. But we will dive into that one in a few weeks. And I, w- I will say this, though, man, I, I think these two weeks are kind of about getting yourself ready for that next stretch of games. And that's no disrespect, obviously, to Charlotte, no disrespect, obviously, to SC State. But, I mean – South Carolina's a three-touchdown favorite for a reason. They, uh, you know, they'll be a huge favorite next week as well. This is, you know, I, I think a situation we, we've heard it sort of called, or maybe we've even said it this week, like a get-right game for South Carolina. And that doesn't mean if you blow them out that you're you're fixed, you know, yeah. as an offense or fixed as a defense. But I look at this game, 
as kind of an opportunity because you go into each season, you think you know what you have, you think you know what's going to work. And every year, this is every team in the country, some of your even well-laid plans just don't work out the way you expect. Or you have injuries like South Carolina's had, you know, season ending with Mo Kaba, Jordan Strong, or guys being banged up, missing games like you see, you know, Cam Smith, Boogie Huntley, guys who were, you know, going to be a big part of, of this team on defense especially. So I, I look at it like once you get into the season, every program out there, every team has to start making adjustments. And I just think it's kind of hard to adjust on the fly going into a game against Georgia. Like you kind of, you know, you kind of are what you are, I think, going into an opponent that is that established as they are. These next two weeks, I think, you know, if I'm South Carolina, if there's a freshman out there that maybe hasn't played a lot, but I've seen something from him in practice, if there's a guy that maybe not even a freshman, just somebody that hasn't played a ton but has some promise, or the guys we know are going to play, you know, Gilbert Edmund, to me, to me, this is an opportunity to get those guys clean reps where if you make a mistake – you're not – it's not six the other way just because you make one mistake, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And, and we talk a lot, probably too much on my part, about the whole margin for error thing. Well, obviously, when you're playing a Charlotte, can they make you pay? Particularly, yes, particularly with Chris Reynolds, a quarterback, and some of the receivers that they have. You know, they, they can put up some points offensively, and I think that could be the case tomorrow. I don't expect South Carolina to come out – pitch a shutout tomorrow night. I think there'll be some grumbles in the stadium about some first downs, conversions on third down. I think some scoring plays. I think those things are going to happen. South Carolina's defense is not dominant enough. It's not healthy enough. It's not deep enough right now to go out and just completely dominate a team. Uh, but you're right. Getting guys some reps, and not to put the cart before the horse, West. they're going to have to play well to win. But the, the margin for error is you have a lot more in this game against Charlotte, against SC State, than you do against Georgia. You make a mistake against Georgia, like you said, it could be six the other way. It could be six their way. Um, it's very much amplified here. Uh, you know, your injuries, the guys that you've got out, maybe they're not magnified quite as much. And maybe offensively, you can be a little more simple. You can just let your guys go play, try to create some individual one-on-one -on -one matchups and try to go win those. Yeah, and again, we're at the top of the uh, the cockaboose here on the uh, at the Market Party Express. They call it. It is brought to you by Market on Main, though. Great place to come hang out before the game. If you go to Market on Main, um, their website. Just Google that. You can actually see a little bit more about how to get to the Market Party Express. And uh, we're going to give give away some tickets to party here prior to the SC State game. Check out the Gamecock Central Instagram later on this afternoon. I'll have an opportunity for you to win two tickets. Again, it's very bright up here. Y'all hang tight. I just need to set this up. and tr We're trying to let the computer not die during the show from overheating. So, uh, if we, again, if we disappear, that's why. It, it actually is quite comfortable up here yeah. for us, but the surface is a little bit warm. Uh, so, Chris, who are some of the guys on the Charlotte team that you think Gamecock fans need to know Every time you play a team like this, there are there are several good players. Like there are guys that are going to make plays for Charlotte, especially offensively. Man, like this is a very well put together team, very well put together offense. They have some weapons, as you mentioned. They have a quarterback who may be the best player in their short football history. Yep. 
who are the guys you're watching for on the Charlotte side? Well, their top three receivers are pretty good players. Um, and Chris Reynolds, it has to start with him, though, at quarterback. Um, it's a guy that he's not afraid to throw the ball up or back shoulder throw um, to his receivers. Uh, and that could create some opportunities for South Carolina, but not afraid to do it. They'll try to fit it in tight windows, but he's a pretty accurate quarterback. He can make off-platform throws. We saw it last week against Georgia State. A little shovel pass that went for a touchdown where he pump faked and then threw it. He can throw from, you know, kind of a sidearm or a three-quarters delivery on quick screens. He has kind of a unique release, but gets it out very quickly. Um, and he's got pretty good pocket awareness. South Carolina, this is a guy that they're not going to be able to let just stand back there because he can probably hurt you and they can do some RPO stuff. But their top three receivers are also quite good, um, and their scheme can cause you some problems. But Elijah Spencer from right down the road, Dutch Fork, uh, along with Victor Tucker. But Spencer has been really, really good early in his career for Charlotte. Yeah, freshman of the year as far as uh, their conference last year and just really stepped right in and, and played incredibly well for Charlotte. So you got to imagine – this game matters to him. He's uh, he's played in this stadium and state yeah. championship game, actually. So uh, familiar with playing at Williams-Price, but um, a game I'm sure he's going to want a little bit more. And, you know, man, I, I've kind of gone back and forth on what I expect Charlotte's offense when South Carolina is on the field. Like, we have seen in the past South Carolina play some teams like this, and – Honestly, they kind of go up and down the field on it. And I'm not just talking about this year's South Carolina team. I'm just talking in general. These, like, high-powered, lesser conference, like, group of five type teams come in. And sometimes they, they do. Like, they move the ball. Like, they have success. Some of those games, it doesn't necessarily lead to points. It's more like they go up and down inside the 20s. Field compresses when you get in the red zone. Offensive line versus D-line play becomes a bigger thing tighter windows to throw into and you know Carolina may give up 400 yards tomorrow and give up 13 points you know like it yeah. doesn't always it's not always equivalent to what you would think it would be on the on the other hand I kind of go back to all the injuries South Carolina has had on defense growing pains over there a, a lot of times in my experience when you have maybe a defense that isn't playing that well or is inexperienced against an offense that has some veterans, their quarterback's a six-year guy, and just sort of they know exactly what they're doing. It doesn't matter what level. That offense is going to have some success. So I've kind of gone back and forth, y'all, on what I feel like is the right expectation for the number of points Charlotte may come in here and score Saturday night. Yes, yeah, good point. I I I have my idea or what will be my prediction that will I guess we'll probably give at the end of the show, Wes, but I'm not super convicted of it. You know, it's like I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little less than what I'm gonna pick, or maybe a good bit more. I'll go back to what I said earlier. I fully expect that they're gonna move the football tomorrow, particularly given and there's still some questions there, right? About we know Darius Rush is out, we know David Spalding out. Who else is out? Mm -hmm. Who else plays? Are any of those guys limited? How effective are they? Um, even if all those guys are back, they may move the ball. If more of them miss the game than not, that's probably going to exacerbate some of the issues that, that Charlotte's going to cause you. By the way, just a broad, big picture you know, point that I thought of once you said veteran guys, 
I think that's what fans have wanted to see from the South Carolina offense, right? Now, they're, they haven't all been in the same system for four years, five mm-hmm. years. This is a lot of guys on this team that have played a lot of ball and they have talent. And I think that's why there's been so much frustration, you know, for through the first few games is just wanting to see more, particularly against – you can understand it against Georgia. Late, again, late in the game, they had some success against Arkansas, but didn't have success early. And then against Georgia State, didn't have success – much at all in that game, really, and other teams have, have gone on, including Charlotte, to find success against Georgia State. Got us a little off track, but just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, man. So um, I, I'm sitting here, and I, I'm I kind of went back and forth on my score. How you know is in the 20s realistic? Is it is it realistic to think that South Carolina defense that's having to replace so many guys can hold them, you know, to 10 or 13 points? Like yeah. I I, I kind of if, if Charlotte turns the ball over, then yes, it, it is yeah, realistic. Yeah. But I don't think I expect that. Like, I, I really do think you're – like, I, I have Charlotte at 17 with my prediction. That's actually down from what I originally wrote. Mm-hmm. I originally had them scoring 21. Um, and I was even kind of going back and forth on that. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they score 24 points tomorrow. Like, it, it really wouldn't. Like, they, they have moved the football when Reynolds has played, and you can look at – you look at their total, you can say, wow, you know, they they struggled out of the box. They were 0-3, didn't score a bunch of points. But then you go a little bit deeper and you say, oh, Reynolds was hurt for half of the first game and then game two and game three. He comes back, throws five touchdowns against Georgia State. So he is a difference maker for them. Um, big old drop off when he is not in there. Hey. And, um, you know, if, if he's banged up, like if, if something – you know, were to happen to him, it just changes everything for them. So I think that's something to keep an eye on tomorrow, though. He's now – they played they played Maryland, but he was not the quarterback at, at that point. But this is a guy that's seen a lot of ball in his career at, at Charlotte. Um, I, I think the stat was five um, game-winning drives with him at QB in his time at Charlotte. So I don't really think he's the guy that's going to be intimidated by the crowd. I don't think so either. He's played several Power Five or, like, really good group of five teams during his career. I think they played – you're going to laugh. I mean, they played Duke a couple times. It is a Power Five team. They played Duke a couple times. They played Illinois. I think they played App State. Um, They played Marshall. So, you know, they've played some – he has played some quality competition during his career. And you're exactly right. I mean, gets hurt in the – what I guess the second half of the of the FAU game, they gave up a bunch of points to FAU, right? Which has been a theme for them. But would it have been different with him in the game? There's a really good argument to be made. The next two, they don't do a lot on offense and get you know beaten pretty badly on the defensive side of the ball. And then the first game he comes back and plays the whole game. Did they struggle defensively? Yeah, they did. But they scored enough points to win the game. So. Really, he's kind of a one and zero this season. Really, when he's been mm-hmm. in the game the entire time, and, and had a really nice offensive showing. So, um, some interesting things with South Carolina's defense last week. Um, Taka Hemingway playing some on the edge. That's one of those things, man. I feel like you I'm trying to think of how to say this. Taka can definitely help South Carolina at defensive tackle and on the edge. And I, I think what they're trying to do there. They've made it pretty clear. Gilbert Edmond, great athlete, phenomenal pass rusher. 
I think we're going to see just how good of an athlete he is as the season goes on. Not a big name guy, so maybe fans haven't tracked him as much as, you know, like Jordan Birch, for example. We're going to see his athleticism show out. But they've made it clear, like, hey, he has to continue to get better against the run. So I think what you're doing, you're saying, all right, let's put somebody like Tonka out there on the edge. He's bigger, stronger. He can hold up against the run a little bit more. The problem is you really can't just – you don't get to – you don't know ahead of time if they're running or passing. You can try to do it for down and distance. Unfortunately. Yeah, you don't, you don't get told that information. So it's less than ideal – yeah, to be yeah. like, this is our run game edge against the pass. We're going to move Tonka inside and put Gilbert out here. But I appreciate the thought. Um, we even talked about beforehand. That may be something they do. Yeah. I think you can see they're kind of trying to put the pieces together. Um, you know, some other guys like, like DQ Smith having to just slide down to nickel. That's less than ideal to take a freshman who played quarterback in high school. He's already transitioned to safety and then be like, hey, man, go play nickel against the number one team in the country. For one, it says something about DQ Smith. For two, it says something about maybe some other guys too, but just part of it is just the depth that nickel got just hammered with Cam being out and David Spalding being out. So you get it. But that also means there is room for growth for a lot of these guys. And – you know, somebody else has been around a while, but is playing the most he's ever played. OD fortunate cornerback. Yeah. Um, you know, Stone Blanton. We'll see if he's available this weekend or not. He's one of the questionable guys. Like this could be an opportunity for some young guys to just go out there and play. But I liked Clayton White's point. He said, "Time doesn't guarantee anything for you. Just because you have time, or." If you're a young player, just because you're out there playing, just because you're getting reps, does not mean you're improving. So it is important for these guys to take advantage of this. And I, those are some of the, the players I'll be keeping an eye on to see if we start to see that just incremental improvement these next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, even even a guy like Debo Williams, you know, who I think is it's, it's kind of like he's like a junior or senior, but he's not. You know, the last season was his first with the program. Yeah, he was a transfer, but they didn't play. So he didn't play a lot last year. So for all intents and purposes, he's kind of a freshman this year in terms of his actual game reps. He played a little last year, mostly on special teams. Now with Mo Kaba out, your starters are Sherrod and Brad Johnson. And that means that your backup guys, one of which has been banged up in Stone Blanton, but Debo Williams, he becomes much more important. Uh, Tyree Johnson, can Terrell Dawkins come on throughout the season. What is the defensive line configuration look like? We've seen TJ Sanders play a good bit inside, especially with sliding out Tonka. They need him to come on. Nick Barrett's played some in some big packages. So opportunities for a lot of these guys. Gilbert Edmund West, I'm almost I'm I'm not happy that he's playing more from the standpoint of that means Jordan Strong's out. Hate it for Jordan in his sixth year getting injured. But I'm glad that we've gotten to see some of the flashes of Gilbert Edmund because we heard it in the offseason before the year. I think I'll, I'll speak for myself. You're kind of going, okay, the two Jordans, thinking about who else may rise up and become a factor. And one of the first guys that we heard, Gilbert Edmund. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Did you catch Clayton White say that he was faster than Jordan Burks the other day? I did catch that. Very interesting. 
Jordan Davis is pretty fast. That uh, anybody who saw the pick six yeah. against Eastern Illinois last year, yeah. I'd, I'd pay money to see that race. I think that but Gilbert Edmond, a former high school wide receiver who converted to defensive end, had a huge senior year for his high school down in the Space Coast area of Florida. Was a very late get for the old staff in South Carolina, a signing day flip from South Florida. And, um, you know, has put on a lot of weight and is, and is still really a really young player in more than one facet. Number one, um, has not played the position for long. Number two, young for his age even, young for his grade from what Clayton White said. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, before we move along, here, let me take this comment off there, y'all. Uh, Got to tell you about our friends at Liberty Tax. Uh, overcome your tax ID at 803-462-5576. Appreciate the team at Liberty Tax being a big sponsor here of our GC Live show. Uh, if you are frustrated by keeping up with your bank statements or your QuickBooks, you're a business owner or contractor, the tax team at Liberty Tax can handle all your bookkeeping and payroll services. QuickBooks Pro advisors are on staff, and they can let you do what you do best, which is work and make money. Liberty Tax will handle the rest. The tax team at Liberty Tax has locations at 1123 South Lake Drive in Lexington, at 7467 St. Andrews Road in Irmo, and at 551 St. Andrews Road in Columbia. Again, give our friends at Liberty Tax a call, 803-462-5576. Appreciate Larry and his team over there being a sponsor of us here on GC Live. I'm a, We always like to keep it transparent here, y'all. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be a short show because... This computer is about to melt. Um, we will have a before the sandstorm in the morning. Awesome. And uh, I can't even get the the graphic off right now, y'all. It's so hot. Um, hang tight with me. Chris, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us some of your final, Closing final, final thoughts. thoughts. Thoughts and a prediction, possibly? Yes, please. Before we uh, cut off. All right, so I think that South Carolina, I feel like I said this last week, that Spencer Rattler is going to have his best performance. That definitely did not happen. But, look, the, the talent gap in this one should be, should be the most evident it's been in any game this season with South Carolina's offenses on the field versus Charlotte's defense. South Carolina's staff, you would think, and if you're a Gamecock fan, would hope you keep it simple. They should be able to run the ball more effectively than they have. Uh, they should be able to isolate some of their playmakers. I'm looking at Juice Wells, uh, Juju McDowell, and Marshawn Lloyd in space on the outside, whether it's run, screen, short stuff, um, and Jaheim Bell. I think this could be a big game for him. South Carolina, if they take care of the football, I think they can move it. They can put up points. Conversely, I think, like I said, tense moments at times defensively. There's going to be some groans and grumbling in the stadium. I think Charlotte will do some things pretty well offensively and put up some points. But I've got South Carolina 38 Charlotte 20, that result will probably, if it happens, uh, would I think be disappointing to people because I'd actually be the lowest point total surrendered by Charlotte this season. But just variety of factors has me kind of leaning in that direction. Um, yeah, shout out to everybody in the chat. Appreciate you guys. Um, Erlen says, what is the temperature in Columbia? It's, it's not hot no, at all. Feels pretty like, good. we feel great. It's just, as you all know, anytime you have a surface that is um, – sitting in Columbia, South Carolina, right under the sun. The surface itself gets very hot, and the laptop is uh, is overheating. Um, 
So again, we're not hot. It's just the equipment is. But man, I, I looked at this game like in ranges, and if if it goes the way where Charlotte's moving the football up and down the field, which I, I think that's somewhat of a fairly easy prediction. Like they're going to move the ball to an extent. If they're moving the ball up and down the field, but they're able to score touchdowns. Um, you know, like the worst case scenario game for me, I still have South Carolina winning, but I think that would be like a, a 31 to 24, like, Ooh. you know, it just, it could tighten up y'all. Like I, oh, yeah. I don't think it will, but it could, that's again, that's my worst case scenario. Um, best case is Charlotte moves the ball in between the twenties, force field goals, or, you know, depending on how aggressive Will Healy wants to be probably fourth a lot of force a lot of fourth downs that that you know gives you an opportunity to be off the field that way and um you know i i think the defense i should have my, my prediction in your prediction piece not score but five predictions for the game i said marshawn lloyd goes over 100 first time in his career so um let me go ahead and put that one out into the space and say you know if that happens and I, that, to me, is more like, all right, Carolina's going to be able to throw the football, but that opens up some things in the running game for them. Charlotte team that I believe struggles to tackle. We've seen Marshawn be very, very close to breaking yep. that that big one. So I think that's coming. That's my prediction. Marshawn hits 100, has the big run. Offense throws the ball around but finds some balance with some big runs as well. And if they do that, you know, I think your best-case scenario is more like – Best realistic, we'll say, 48-13 or something like that. Like, I, yeah. I could – if they turn it over and have to kick field goals or go for it on fourth down, they being Charlotte, it could be just an absolute blowout. These games, the difference in, like, a straight-up blowout in South Carolina's history have usually been can you force the other team to turn it over on you and yep. give you opportunities to have those quick add-on scores, I think. Here is one more – prediction-based item. Should have done more of this even on site this week, Wes, but it's points in the first quarter. How many you got for South Carolina? I will tell you this. We are two parking lots away from Williams-Brice Stadium. You will be able to hear the groans from over there. There will be no groans. I disagree. There will be boos. <laughs> yeah, if if it's if there are no touchdowns at the end of the first quarter by South Carolina's offense, you'll be able to hear the booze slash groans in Irmo. I agree. Um. So what what what's your prediction? I'm going ten. Ten. Okay. I got to keep it somewhat conservative. It's hard to even go there. You know. Well, ten will be on pace for forty. And I and I have Carolina scoring forty in my prediction. There you go. Um, I'll go seven. Okay. They're gonna score. They're gonna score. Okay. But eh, eh, eh. Brandon says zero. I mean, hard to. If you're playing the odds, hard to that, argue. That, what was the stat? I, I forgot him now. I, I did the research. I think it was eight of sixteen games, zero points. Phil says twenty-five points. I will take that, Phil. Twenty-five. That in would the first be nice. Quarter. Yeah, that would uh, be fun. Everybody would feel a lot better if that happens. Yep. So, um, all right, y'all. Again, computer's overheating. We will have um, we'll have more. Kendall and I will have the Before the Sandstorm. I think we're going to do it live again. That kind of works out pretty well. 
for the night games. We'll probably hop on live, I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, give you some final, final thoughts. I know this was called final thoughts. I guess these weren't the final thoughts. But appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great Friday. Again, we're at the uh, Market on Main Party Express right over here in the shadow of williams Price Stadium. Uh, head on over to Market on Main's website. Hit the little tab there that says uh, Market Party Express. You can have uh, birthdays here. You can have um, graduation parties here. I'm trying to convince Kendall that she could, should have her graduation party here. Uh, but And then also come party for the game. I think some of the games already sold out, but opportunities for you to come out, hang out, really just a, an awesome experience here. So appreciate y'all for Chris. I'm Wes. Uh, thanks to our sponsors and thanks to all of you. Y'all have a good weekend.